Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, it's already October the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is indeed our one of two, and our goal always, to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God's family and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. I'm driving right this very second to the WeCanAct.net conference. You can still get your tickets and have archives of the event, even if you're not here. Check it out, WeCanAct.net. You can also go to the second day and still get tickets. Please do so. Keyword, liberty. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I recorded some incredible interviews uh, yesterday because I'm there all day recording interviews. And as you know, I play them back in um, future broadcasts and such like that. So I've got two interviews this hour that I did yesterday that are just incredible. And I want to play those, and then I'll be back uh, live through the bridges of this hour and then live next hour as well. I just felt like, why hold those interviews till Monday uh, and et cetera. So, uh, we're going to start now with a guy named Glenn Rhodes, just a tremendous gentleman. Check out this incredible interview. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live from WeCanAct.net conference, and I'm telling you right now, it's pumping. I'm in the um, Exhibitors Hall at the LovingLiberty.net booth, and, man, I'm doing interviews, but everybody else is running around having a fantastic time gearing up for the events. Speakers start at noon. It is Friday and Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a great interview for you, though. His name is Glenn Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. And Glenn happens to be the National Operations Director and uh, for the organization EMP Task Force on National and Homeland Security. Pretty interesting group, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. EMPTaskForce.us, their website. And they've got an interesting mission statement as well. I'll read just part of it. As the task force on national and homeland security, we believe the citizens and the local, state, and national governments of the United States can come together to save lives, protect critical infrastructure, and and it goes on. But it really is about the infrastructure of America that has become very, very vulnerable. We're going to get into that. Glenn, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Oh, thank you very much, Sam, and it's a pleasure to be here. All right. Now, Dr. Peter Pry is your uh, chief executive there, right? Yes, he is. And uh, he'll be one of the speakers today. Uh, is he speaking today or tomorrow? Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but it's it's one of these two All right. days. Anyway, yep. it's just a, an incredible lineup of speakers, folks. And Peter Pry will be speaking. He's going to deliver his message on, hey, we got a problem, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and we're not trying to be negative or, or, or dark when we say we have a problem. Mm-hmm. We really realize that the solution to the problem is first understanding, acknowledging, and then saying, okay, what are we going to come together and do about it, right? Yes, yes. 
Tell me the problem. Well, uh, what happened in a nutshell is uh, I, I had worked uh, uh, Department of Defense stuff with Lockheed Martin and Martin Marietta for many years. And I'd always heard about electromagnetic pulses. And, of course, everybody has uh, if you watch Godzilla or The Matrix or any of those science fiction films. But I never thought about have, having it personalized and, and touch me. It was always about what we would do to other people or maybe something on the film until uh september it's almost got this sci-fi stigma a little bit sadly but true right it's true yeah and it wasn't until uh march 11 2011 when the fukushima tohoku earthquake happened that i finally woke up and smelled the coffee and what happened is as you know the the uh tidal wave that came in after the earthquake inundated the backup generators now i didn't know that the backup generators are necessary to keep the cool rods cool or else it goes ballistic yeah, it i mean goes nuclear yes and and i'm such a nerd hot, yeah say. absolutely and i'm such a nerd i i know that there's 120 million americans according to the 2020 census that are 12 census that live within 50 miles of a fukushima style style direct uh, re- reactor so i asked my wife i said listen i karen i didn't know that we're so dependent on the bulk power system to keep these nuclear power plants safe. But if the bulk power system goes off, we have a problem. So I couldn't sleep for many, many days. And finally, I said... And and let's be clear, if it were multiple sites at a time... Oh, And I bring that up because EMP will relate in a second. Go ahead. Yes. So what happened is I told Karen, I got to find out about this. So I typed in long-duration power outage in Google in 2000, uh, right after 2011... And it led me to this guy named Dr. Daniel Baker, who's the director of laboratory and atmospheric and space physics at Boulder. And I called him up and I said, I said Dan, Dr. Baker, uh, my name's Glenn Rhodes. I live here in Lakewood, Colorado. And I'm kind of just an ordinary citizen, but I, I can't sleep at night. I got to talk to you about something that's on my mind. Can I talk to you? And he said, sure, Glenn, come on up. And so I went up to the University of Colorado and I sat down and he explained to me, he said, Glenn, what you've uncovered is exactly the problem and the issue that we, that's challenging Americans right now. He said, basically, it's because when Nikola Tesla, Edison, and Westinghouse created the nuclear power, created the power grid, uh, they left a vulnerability in there that they didn't realize was, was a problem until just recently. And those are the big, giant 400 and 300 ton transformers. They power, they, they step down or step up the 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 nuclear uh, the uh, bulk power system and we have to have those functioning and he said Glenn if we get hit by a coronal mass ejection uh, they would take out not only the transformers in the United States but the transformers in the entire planet and here's the problem we have 200 of them that we make on a yearly basis we've got over 2,000 in the United States and it takes about 84 months to make one he said. Before we're able to make and replace even one of those customized transformers, we would all die. But but that's if you have all the ability to make it in the first place. Yeah, and we won't have it. So that's that's <laughs> the bad news. So right? let's kind of give people a quick understanding back in the Tesla days, if yes. you will. You know, there was an AC/DC power battle yes. about which we should go with. We went with AC, right? Right. And that what that means is it goes long distances. That yes. was the reason it was chosen. Yes. There's a lot of negatives overall. I probably would have went DC knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a whole other topic because we've already gone this way, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea is you got incredibly high power going from transformer to transformer yeah. where it's not really losing power. Yeah. 
whenever you step it down and take it to your home or do whatever, any line you run from there called a secondary line, mm-hmm. um, what that means is now you're losing power the longer it goes. Yeah. yeah. And the reason that I point that out is that's the reason the grid was built, because you can't get power long distances without cranking it up hot as it gets yeah. um, with these big, massive very exclusively created transformers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, the reason I, I tell say that is because that sets the stage for what an EMP is and can do, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And Dr. Baker said, Glenn, we have things that come off the sun all the time. Now, it's, it's very clear you need to make sure that there's a difference between seeing a solar flare and the coronal mass ejection, okay? So, so what space scientists tell me is that a solar flare is is like a muzzle on a cannon that you see flash in the distance. But the cannonball is the coronal mass ejection that, that, that hits us about uh, 17 hours later, okay? So there's actually an anomaly with photons and the and mag- magnetometer would pick up uh, almost instantaneously. It's going at speed of light uh, that we would pick up in a lap- nine minutes. But at 17 and a half hours, this big giant glob that comes off the sun sometimes called a magnetic flux rope, what, you know, when you see those flares or those, uh, those plasma arcs, they usually come back down, but sometimes they pop off the sun like a rubber band, and they morph as they're going across the, the, the uh, solar system. And we don't know what the polarity is of those things until it reaches Lagrange point one. Now, Sam, what happens at Lagrange point one, which is a million miles away from the Earth, is that's where the Earth's uh, gravity and the sun's gravity are equal. So we can have a satellite geopositioned between us and the sun at all times and when it hits that, it'll tell us what the polarity is. Now when you have two magnets coming together and they have the same polarity, what happens, Sam? They kind of repel each other, right? Yes. Well, what happens sometimes, though, is they're opposite and when they're opposite, they draw that 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 current in and and physics 101 says that the displacement of two magnetics uh, yeah that's what happened and then i got yeah creates an electromagnetic you know electrons to flow glenn that's what happened and then i got married Oh, oh gosh, yeah. All right, continue, yeah. sir. And so, that was a bad joke. so what happens is it draws all that energy in, and that's where we get hosed. That's where uh, in in 1859, and if anybody wants to read a really cool book by Stuart Clark called Sun Kings, it's about the early astronomers in England. Uh, and how they viewed the sun. And it is such a great book. If you want to talk about space weather, it, it tells us a little bit. And who bit wrote about, the book again? Uh, a guy named Stuart Clark. You can, you can get it on Amazon, as well as all the books by Peter Pry. He's got a, a plethora of books on, on EMP. There's one called Power and Light that's probably a, a good reference book for everybody to buy. Uh, that would be like a shelf book that you could ca- take and, and reference. But yes. anyway, you know, we had robust systems back in 1859, those big giant telegraph things, and those things burst into flames. So you can just imagine with our sensitive electronics today what would happen, Sam. It would be a catastrophe. So what the point is, ladies and gentlemen, is you know what? When this all happens on the sun, it's so far away. Hey, you know what? No harm, no foul. <laughs> but what happens when that comes in your face? In other words, up front and center. What happens when that gets near your grid or your electronics? Yes. Uh, what happens is it simply blows them up, right? Yes. And so we're feverishly. So, so when, when uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Baker briefed me on this, uh, he said, Glenn, uh, I told him, well, at least the government's working it. And, I, and he said, no, they're not. And I go, why? 
and, and they go, well, we're like a bunch of Keystone cops. Everybody's got their own little, you know, budgets to protect, and, and they want to, you know, space weather scientists want to build more satellites. So they couldn't really engage with the military because that's kind of a different set of, of, of pot of money. So never, but nobody was really coordinating everything together, and that's the problem that we have with big government. Uh, but then he said, that's the natural EMP. There's a, a man-made EMP that's different, and that comes from 18, 1962, uh, a thing called, uh, Sam, have you ever heard of Starfish Prime? Yes. Yeah. So Starfish Prime was one of the tests in a, in a series of tests called Operation Fishbowl. They popped off a 1.4 megaton bomb 250 miles above the Earth's atmosphere, and they exploded it. And they didn't know quite what happened, but 3% of the streetlights in, in, in Hawaii, and 700 miles away, they went out, coincidentally, right? So they found out that it created a, a 5.2 kilovolt per charge, uh, kilo, kilovolt per meter charge across the surface. But then they started doing more of the math, and they said that same bomb exploded over the United States would create a 20 kilovolt per meter overcharge. That's 20,000 volts of electricity attaching to anything more than two meters in length like your 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 microphone cord if it's more than two feet in length you're going to get zapped it's going to take all that energy what happens is those electrons become separated from the upper atmosphere molecules helium and nitrogen and they spin along earth's geomagnetic lines and every time they spin once they create a tiny little radio wave well, when you have millions and trillions of them coming down it creates this overcharge and it will blow things up basically electronically and the idea when we say it'll blow things up, what it means is it will just overload everything in its path. Yes, yes. It will just click off. Okay, so <laughs> just think about when lightning happens and it hits your line and then all of a sudden, hey, your internet goes out because your router gets uh, fried. Yeah. We're really talking about that, but on a mass scale. Oh, yeah. And it would simply become unrecoverable. Yes. Because it's not like going down to the Walmart and buying another modem. Uh, these technological advancements that we've made, especially when it comes to high power, they're very, very hard to replace. Yeah. And so uh, an EMP might happen from our enemies. Yeah. Or it might happen from where? Well, there's also another thing. So we have the natural, we have the terrorist ones, but it also could happen. You know, one of the things, one of the things that we're finding out, it, oh, it sounds like somebody's starting to cheer here. What happens is we found out that even though EMP, Sam, is the big gorilla in the room, we, we found out that electrons can be stopped by other things, okay? So even though we, we emphasize EMP as the biggest gorilla, guess what? I don't know if you remember, uh, 20,000 people were stopped in the commuter trains, four commu 40 commuter trains in Tokyo a number of years ago. You know why? They did the forensic back to this one control panel. They did a video of the outside of it. It looked perfect. When they popped it open, Sam, there was a little snail that went in there. Yep. It caused a, a short. Okay. Now, I know a little bit about this because I own radio transmitters as I've owned radio stations, and we have mice fry our transmitters. Yeah, take it off, absolutely. Take it off, too. So in one of my presentations that I have, I don't know how they got it, but I have a snail, <laughs> a slug, I mean, <laughs> going through a ballpoint pen. And I don't know how they got it to go in there, but this thing morphed and went right through the center of this pin. And I said, this is what happens. We are, we're not only protecting against EMP, we're protecting against anything that could cause the flow, the stoppage of flow of electrons that keep you and me alive. In particular, the 
water and wastewater that we purify every day. That will kill the most amount of people. We won't even know anything happens, but when you're not able to get water in three days, that's where we'll yeah, get first diphtheria, it's air, typhoid. Next it's water, right? Yes, diphtheria, typhoid, and, and, and cholera will kill the majority of it if it's not a breakdown of social unrest. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for letting me be on the station. I, I want to tell you that there is a, a, a film. If they go to emptaskforce.us, you can donate because we're a nonprofit. But there's a film coming out called The Black Sky Event. It's done by David Womack. It should be out in the next month or so. You need to get David Womack on the film, too. It, he's with Earthling Films. And, and it has uh, Stephen Quas, myself's on there, Dr. Peter Pry, uh, James Wolsey, former director of, of, of the National Intelligence, is on there, and other people trying to raise awareness, Sam, that we're not getting it. We're not care, caring enough. We are in a way, though. Yeah. Meaning a lot of people are kind of caught up. They just don't know what to do. For example, what do I do? Just try to get everything Faraday caged and I'm good? Yeah. It'll never happen, though. I right? mean, yes, it's, it's, that would be good. But, but so people don't know what to do. People don't know how to react. Like, what can I individually do yeah. Um, yeah. to solve the problem? Well, he, here's the thing. There's a couple things. Now I'm all about prepping, <laughs> right? But, but Dan Baker, when I was leaving his office, said, Glenn, by the way, the number one thing that's going to happen when you go out and tell people about this is people are going to say, how can I carry a big, better bomb shelter? Well, guess what? Uh, that may keep you alive for another two months. The more important question is, how do I save my entire region, Sam, or how do I save my entire community, okay? So we have initiatives that are going on. One is in Rangeley, Colorado, believe it or not. I went up there uh, eight months ago, and I told the council, I said, listen, you guys can be right up there with, with Edison's Pearl Street Station, that D.C. microgrid that you were talking about, you know, that he created there. You can be right up there with the Pearl Street Station if you do one thing. And they said, what? Create an autonomous, not attached to the power grid, a source like a solar uh, panel or something that uses glycol solution that keeps, a, it's like creating a man-made geothermal reactor. And if you do that for your community, you'll be the very first in the entire nation that's gotten on board. We need thousands of companies like this. And guess what? They said they would do it. So we've got a project right now in Rangeley, Colorado, 2,200 people that said we are about resilient, all hazards, microgrid or sources of power. And that's going to happen, Sam. It's just a matter of time. I just don't know if we have enough time to build enough of these so that we can keep our waste and water treatment you know, systems going to do the transition to harden you know, our grid. But um, it's, it's a step in the right direction, at least. Do you think that it's going to take Congress to get something done? Do you think it'll oh. happen on the local communities, a decentralized approach? What do you think the real quick turnaround answer is? Well, I think the real quick turnaround answer is we have to, to – Dr. Peter Price says that we have to get it from the military. And, and, you know, a lot of this stuff was classified up until 2006. We have to get it out of the military into the free market so that entrepreneurs can start carrying the next message forward. And, it, and we want to get greenies on board. But the thing is, is we want to make sure that the green technology that people are talking about is economic sustainable, Sam, and also... And, and by the way, most of the green current stuff we have now, I know there's a lot of chatter that it's all good and everything, but it's not sustainable at no, all. No, it's not a sustainable sustain, uh, su economically. So, and also, uh, the, the life cycle for some of these EMP panels is like 20 years, and they're starting to throw them away. We have to have something that lasts a long time. And I always tell my green friends 
including myself, I always tell them, hey, a sustainable, all-hazards, resilient microgrid is a green microgrid because it's going to extend the life cycle of your source of generation for a long period of time. And as you know, Sam, we're trying to get away from transmission lines going across tindred forests. You know, they're dry because of the sparking and other things that happen. So there, there's a couple of pilot programs in Colorado that have tried to do it for 23 houses or so, but still they haven't added the, the MP resilience part of it in, and that's important. I want to I want to mention one other thing, Sam. Did you know that they have, you know, we take we have instruments that take out other people's power grids. Well, we have things and capacitors that will actually pop off at 300 kilovolts per meter. That's 300,000 kilovolts per meter over a smaller area, maybe like four or five square blocks, but it'll fry everything in there. And so. <laughs> You know, I looked at one of those, I went to a defense contractor and I said, uh-oh, I know where the first one's going to be popped off and it's not going to be from a nation state, it's going to be from bank robbers trying to get money. <laughs> Sam, this technology is right around the corner. We got to start protecting against it, right? It's something that we can do, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Peter Pry yes. will be speaking about hardening the grid at the Weekend Act Conference. I don't know if he speaks today or tomorrow, but keep an eye on the ball because really he's going to talk about hardening the grid and what we can do. He doesn't want us just to be uh, uh, in a panic and in a meltdown because it's coming and there's nothing we can do. Yeah. There are things we can do, ladies and gentlemen. Glenn Rhodes with us, National Operations Director and, um, on the task force, the EMP task force. To make a difference, ladies and gentlemen, emptaskforce.us to learn more. Uh, you can learn, folks. You can gain knowledge, and then you can take baby steps. And it seems like the baby steps won't matter, but enough baby steps gets you there, Glenn. Yes. Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate it. God bless America, because I'll tell you, there's a lot of spiritual people that are knowing this, and, and they know it's all about sustaining life, right, and protecting Amen. life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, do you know about Operation Fishbowl? That's kind of the origins to get kind of an understanding uh, of what's going on and kind of the genesis as yes. this is unfolded in modern day, uh, whether it be from uh, natural causes, an act of God, as some would say it, whether it be from our enemies and terrorists, or whether it be from some natural, unforeseen, unexpected reality check bottom line is we better be ready yeah thank you sam Thanks, god glenn. bless you bye there he goes ladies and gentlemen glenn rhodes doing a phenomenal job on your radio talking about emp is it a serious issue electronic magnetic pulse is indeed a big issue uh, because it can max smash your electronics digitally if you will it can just fry them from the inside out like a big old lightning storm can do down a power line but worse and if it really hit hard, ladies and gentlemen, recovering from that would be very difficult indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, beware of that. There's a lot of people warning about it, trying to prep for it, uh, trying to put uh, things in place to take care of it. It's something that we seriously need to consider as a reality check. We don't need to melt down and panic, but we do need to prepare. We do need to think about if that were to happen, what would we do? And I'm telling you right now, the first thing you need is air. The second thing you need is water. And the next thing you need, believe it or not, is sanitary conditions and then food. Because if, people, if things become unsanitary, if people start throwing up and having diarrhea and all these different things that happen to the human body, uh, and we don't have any way to clean up for it, then people will start having germs and getting sick, sick, sick. And then it won't matter because you'll be so sick, it'll be hard to stay alive. That's what will kill people the most is the lack of clean, usable, potable 
is the term they use, water. Uh, and if you have potable, usable water, then you're, you're going to be in pretty good shape. If you don't, it's going to get rowdy. It's going to get hardcore quick, folks. So that's something you got to understand. So we need to take care of those treatment plants. We need to take care of the water purification systems. That's core and central and first. So what I want you to do in your county, in your city, in your municipality, uh, is I want you to go ahead and figure out a way that you can uh, work on that with your people. Say, hey, peeps, this is serious business, and we got to get on it. If you do that for me, that would be fantastic. I am indeed live from Weekend Act conference it's the second day the first day was incredible the second day as far as i understand equally if not better is that possible you are listening to the one and only liberty roundtable live nationally syndicated global reach on the net talk show protecting your liberties you're listening to liberty news radio USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Pain at the pump expected to last through the holidays. President Biden saying this week he doesn't expect a big drop in gas prices until next year. Alaska Republican Senator Dan Sullivan on Fox News Friday. Well, pain to come and, you know, a lot of the blame, almost all the blame in terms of energy prices is squarely on the president's shoulders and policies. The average price for a gallon of regular unleaded is now over $3 in all 50 states. The last time that happened, 2014. President Biden's popularity among independents hits a new low. A Gallup polo Friday finds just 34% of independents approve of the job he's doing. That's the lowest since he took office. Overall, his approval rating stands at 42%. Democrats may be closer to a deal on a new spending bill. The White House spokeswoman saying Friday Biden is likely to spend the weekend making phone calls to nail down support before he leaves for an overseas trip next week. No word on a price, but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says it's going to be bigger than anything we've ever done for the American people. This is USA Radio News. Rockstar Radio is looking for a co-host. Yes, you heard me correctly. Nationally syndicated radio show and popular podcast. Rockstar Radio with Billy Gerard is looking for a co-host. In fact, two segment co-hosts. One will join Billy weekly talking about all things financial and another for a weekly review of the national real estate and mortgage market. Co-hosting with Billy Gerard could be the move that puts your career into overdrive. For all the details and to schedule an audition with Billy, send an email to bill at rockstar.today. That's bill at rockstar.today. Or go to rockstar.today slash co-host for all the details. Rockstar Radio is looking for two expert co-hosts. It could be you. Email bill at rockstar.today or go to rockstar.today slash co-host. Being on the radio with Billy will make you the expert in the field. It could take your career over the moon. Get all the audition details at rockstar.today slash co-host. Pregnant women don't seem to want the COVID shot. The CDC trying to change that. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky Friday. We have um, relatively low rates of vaccination for pregnant women in general. So really important um, to consider pregnancy and underlying medical condition, high risk of COVID. And yes, you are absolutely, um, you should get vaccinated if you are pregnant. If you are um, uh, eligible for a boost and you're pregnant, you should also get your boost during that period of time. And I would say for nursing as well. At least 200 pregnant women have died of COVID. The American Academy of Pediatrics finds infected mothers may give birth prematurely. Still, only about 25% of pregnant women have gotten vaccinated. Facebook seems to have ignored warnings about how it was politically polarizing the country. Reports out Friday show employees warned company execs that Facebook was pushing divisive content, but nothing appears to have been done. 
Meanwhile, the Facebook employee, Frances Hogan, who testified before Congress a few weeks ago, will address a British Parliament committee on Monday. The U.K. looking into appointing an independent regulator to audit and inspect big tech companies. This is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we continue live from the WeCanAct.net conference. It is amazing. Speaker after speaker after speaker with hard-hitting educational news. The networks refuse to use content. I'll tell you what. John Knox with us now, ladies and gentlemen. Restoring freedom through choice. Firefightersforfreedom.org, the website. John, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me. Now, tell me how you got involved. Um, me and another guy that I work with, uh, we work for LA City Fire Department, and uh, we saw the mandates coming down the pipe, and we started putting something together, and then one thing led to another, and uh, LA City was the first one to drop the mandates. Uh, and so then we, we created a foundation uh, and moved that forward and uh, have dropped two lawsuits on the city of Los Angeles right now against these vac- vaccine mandates. All right. So you're one of the founders, right? Yes, sir. And now you're speaking uh, on Saturday as well at the event. If people want to look for that presentation live, it's coming up tomorrow. And if you're listening to the archives, you want to look for the Saturday. And then you want to look for John Knox, founder of firefightersforfreedom.org. I didn't know folks in L.A. could stand up. I thought it was just all uh, extreme liberal crazy now. No? Uh, it's uh, There's it's, still some sanity left. There is some sanity, yes. Yes, there definitely okay. is. Um, and, you know, originally we started this uh, because the mandates were going to terminate us as of October 20th. Uh, we were supposed to all be terminated if we were not vaccinated. By so that when time. you say terminated, you're talking about from employment as firefighters, right? Yes, from employment as a firefighter. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> through that, basically we, we stood our ground. Uh, we assembled a, a law team, uh, which includes Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, as one of our attorneys, John Howard as well, um, and Scott Street. And we, we placed two lawsuits on the city of Los Angeles, and we basically said we're not going to kneel to this tyranny that's happening. How many uh, are firefighters are in the, uh, I don't know, is it a municipality? Is that what you call it? Um, it or is, is it a, a municipality? No, there's the county, and then there's the city of Los Angeles. Got it. So, so this it's the, is city. the city. Correct. Okay. I just want to be clear and understand, right? How many firefighters are there about? So in the city of Los Angeles, we have approximately 3,400 firefighters. And how many are willing to stand up? Right now, we have 871 in our 871. Yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's right. So you're talking about 18 percent or 20 percent or something. Yeah, we're at 25 percent right 25, now of our department. Okay. And uh, actually, we're amending the complaint that's coming up right now, and we figure that it'll go well over a thousand members because we have people constantly asking. And you're amending the complaint uh, with a goal of saying, "Hey, there's more people involved." Uh, there's more people uh, that want to be involved in it that believe that the uh, mandates are unconstitutional. Uh, and, and they want to be part of that. Um, yeah. So a little bit of it is a lot of these people are basically not understanding. And then when you get a chance to kind of educate them, they're like, you know what? I agree. I'm on board. Yeah. You know, we do. And this isn't a vax versus unvaxed issue. This isn't, you know, left versus right political ideology. 
This is literally about, you know, our freedom of choice in this country and the right to choose. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. But you can't mandate that and tell us that we have to. So let me reiterate the point. This is not a bunch of anti-vaccine people running around frothing at the mouth. This is a bunch of people saying, look, whether you're for or against the vaccinations, that's one thing. Uh, I may agree or disagree with you on the point, but you know what? I agree with your right to say I'm not going to be mandated. Absolutely. And that's where the, the real group grows, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, we do have people that are in our uh, lawsuit, uh, firefighters, paramedics, uh, that are vaccinated. Um, and one of the stipulations in the vaccine mandate the city put out as well is that you have to continue to get vaccinated through every booster that comes down the pipe with that. So, you know, whether they went out and they got it on their own and then they decided, hey, I don't want to keep getting these boosters. You know, science is coming out that proving there's issues with this and I'm not okay with that. And I'm not okay with, you know, this bureaucracy telling me that I have to do that as well. Well, they might be saying, look, if it's ongoing, I already took the vaccine. I made my choice, right? But if there's ongoing vaccine after vaccine after vaccine, it's kind of like the flu shot. Hey, if they miss the boat when it comes to what needs to be in the vaccines or if there's some kind of a, a problem with the latest uh, batch and or uh, seasonal <laughs> gear up or whatever you want to call it, they might choose to change their mind, too. And they always want to reserve that right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this country, you know, that we do have these rights were given to us by God and they're enshrined in the documents between you know, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. And especially, as weird as it sounds, in the state of California, we have the strongest constitution out of all 50 states. It affords us, in Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution, right to privacy and right to body autonomy. Uh, and that came out of, you know, uh, 1973 when Roe versus Wade. Yeah, we're the body, my body, my choice people now, huh? Exactly right. And so, you know, when I stand and I say that and that I feel that I have the right, just like a woman does to her, her you know, body autonomy, then I've been villainized, you know, and, and made to be that I'm crazy. And no, I'm not. Well, and really what matters here is this. If they can force the jab on all of us and they can violate your right to conscience, if you will, and your body if they cross that rubicon john what can they not cross what can they not do well and that's that's a huge issue when you think about it i mean if we're sovereign individuals right and yes, if if i don't have body autonomy if i don't have the ability to control what i put into my body what i say i can and can't do i have nothing if the that means the state or the government or whoever owns me. And so they're going to they're gonna take that and they're going to run with it. And, and we're not going to stand for that whatsoever. Body is one thing, and it's important, and I'm not dismissing that. But right of conscience is another, too. Uh, in many of these cases, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know what? There are aborted fetal or uh, aborted tissue, fetal tissue, uh, mm -hmm. in some of these vaccines, or at least to engineer them. And it's a debate because they're so vague of how detailed it really gets. But a lot of people just on moral grounds are saying, you know what? I'm not even against vaccines, but I'm not going to do the, uh, you know, aborted fetal tissue stuff. I won't do that. Um, that's a moral conscience argument, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's moral issues all around this whole thing. I mean, you can just look at the recent thing that Project Veritas did and undercover with that and Pfizer and those guys and are coming out. And they nailed it, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You know, they're, they're admitting that they've been hiding that there's aborted fetal tissue in there. I mean, what are we putting into our bodies? You know, you're supposed to be... Uh, given that information as to what is inside of this thing, especially since it's still under the EUA, you know, and it's to not let us consent. to not let us know what's inside it 
and to have a emergency authorization, uh, to those things together with this force. I mean, you're talking about uh, Nuremberg trial stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it seems pretty nefarious to me, um, and and you know when you look at what happened in World War II with the Nazis and how they exterminated so many Jews, you know, in 1964, I believe it was, was the Nuremberg trials. And out of that came the Nuremberg Code that said that any type of experimental drug, you had to have informed consent. You cannot push this on people without giving them the ability to opt out. And now you're mandating something that's under experimental use. Uh, This is absolutely against the law. Is this at the heart of some of your lawsuits? Um, yeah, the attorneys are addressing that at this point. Um, you know, we're, we've initially started out on constitutional issues, and, and uh, we're working with them at this point right now. Interesting. I'll tell you what, this is a very critical issue. I think it's, um, there's very few hills that are singular in nature that I believe people should die on the hill for. However, this is one of them. Because, I, like I said, I believe this is a Rubicon. Once you cross this, John, I don't know where we go. Well, and... And you can look at, I mean, there's so many different issues with this. You know, they're, they're mandating this. The good question is, why isn't it legislated? It's not being legislated because it's unconstitutional. It's why the federal government didn't, they, they mandated this as well. Or they and it's said not they legislated were because the broad body that it takes to legislate it won't go. They won't get the numbers. No, they won't. Either. Not, not whatsoever. Because a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I believe vaccines are good. I like the vaccines, but I cannot in good faith mandate them, especially when they're in experimental status. Yeah, absolutely. And so so here you have these illegal mandates that are being pushed down, and that's just a way to step around the legislature. And so if we bend a knee to this and we don't continue to push on with this, they're just going to continue legislating because they know that no one will stand up to them. And people, a lot of people don't understand the difference between a law and a mandate. And so, you know, again, like I've said before, anything that's repugnant to the Constitution is illegal. And this mandate is clearly unconstitutionally illegal. Well, and Joe Biden knows it's so illegal that he hasn't even literally created authorizing code. In other words, it's not in any regulations. So the 24 plus governors that want to sue over this don't really have anything to sue at at this point either. Right. Yeah, there's nothing out there. You can't find that mandate anywhere on on the WhiteHouse.gov's website. So it's a mandate by press release? That's what it seems like at this point. Wow, I think we should be arresting criminals. That's my humble two cents. John, uh, so what's your speech going to be about? Uh, I'm going to kind of give people an idea, you know, uh, that they're, they're not on an island, um, that there is hope, you know, and, th- and that us as American citizens need to stand up and start pushing back. You know, I mean, I'm just a guy, period. I, I'm no different than anyone else here. I'm a public servant, and when this all started... All I heard was fear everywhere, how afraid everyone was and how lost they were and how they felt like they were on an island. And so to me, to be able to stand up here and give people hope and let them understand that, you know, we're stronger in numbers. And that's the only way we're going to be able to take back this country is to be able to stand together and move forward. You know, (laughs) I know this is a weird comparison, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, since you mentioned God, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Peter and the boys were fishermen, and they got called to the Lord's service, and they were uh, of a different fishing variety, if you will. You guys are firefighters, and now you're fighting a different fire, my friend. It's a little bit uh, comparable. Uh, You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other night on a news outlet, you know, are you willing to stand and lose your job for this? And I said, absolutely, I am. This is way bigger than my career. You know, I've been with the fire department for 21 years. I've been in public service for 32, and... If 
yeah, this is so much bigger. This is about the freedom in our country and the loss of our liberties that we've had over the past 20 months. And it goes on even longer than that. But the 20 months, it's just been accelerated. And they said, well, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to move to another state that's more conservative? Are you going to do, you know, what are you going to do? And my response to them was, look, I'm a firefighter. I have a wide breadth of skills. When I show up on scene, I don't have the ability to call another 911 and ask what needs to be done. So, you know, I can step outside of this box and I can do whatever I want. I'm 53 years old. Do I want to start over? Absolutely not. But am I willing to? Yes, because that's how important this issue is. Do you have a wife and family? Um, at this time, I do have two daughters, yes. All right. I'm only asking about family. What do they say? How are uh, they taking this? It's pretty mind-boggling. You know, so people, I don't mean to pry, but I do mean to kind of, you know, it affects other people, right? Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, we just had the city council basically state that over the past 20 months, you know, it's all right. You guys can go to work. There's no shot. There's no nothing. Go and protect people and take them to the hospital with COVID and, and, and do your job. And then in the past 30 days, they basically said that we're villains because we're not getting this shot and we're, we're unsafe. And to wrap your head around that, you know, and realize that you're going to be terminated, the ripple effect in that is so drastic because you're not just affecting me, but you're affecting all of these families. Yeah, you know? your daughters, whoever, right? Yeah, anybody. I mean, whether you've got parents and that you're taking care of or sure. know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, and that's why I asked the question, because it doesn't just, it's not just a John decision. Oh, you might have to make it. I get it. But it's going to uh, affect so much and so many downstream that it's just mind-boggling. All right, I got another irony I want to pass by you, then I'll let you fly. I know you're busy, and I appreciate your time. So here's the irony. You spend your life putting out fires, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're running around starting fires. <laughs> Brush fires of freedom, sir. I would almost call it like uh, maybe an arsonist for freedom. (laughs) I love it. John Knox, ladies and gentlemen, he'll be speaking tomorrow, that Saturday, at WeCanAct.net. Get ready for that. It'll be a barn burner. I don't dare say that to a firefighter, do I? (laughs) Anyway, it'll be an incredible speech, ladies and gentlemen, coming up. John Knox, he's one of the founders, so he certainly put his money where his mouth is, right? He's one of the founders of Fighters for... (laughs) firefightersforfreedom.org that's firefightersforfreedom.org and your slogan restoring freedom through choice and that really says it all huh john yeah i think so i just hope everybody in in america starts to wake up you know i i've i've seen a huge change i mean it's crazy to think we started this six weeks ago and what we've accomplished in that short amount of time is amazing and and the people i've spoken to and traveled around and and seeing what's going on is just it's, it's a breath of fresh air, and I, I just praise everyone for standing up and doing the right thing. Will you tell the Nyon to a 1,000 firefighters standing with you that God bless them for I us, will. will you? I will. Thank All you All right. Much. Thank you, John. Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles breathtaking imagery as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 real buckaroo calendar order online from rangemagazine.com loving liberty network salutes the spirit of the american west at rangemagazine.com 
Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We got to hurry. We've got so many incredible interviews. Now we got Mike Brown. He's the VP of Sales and Marketing, Raindrop Technologies. Go ahead, Cam. Gentlemen, we continue live from the WeCanAct.net conference. It is amazing. Speaker after speaker after speaker with hard-hitting educational news. The networks refuse to use content. I'll tell you what. John Knox with us now, ladies and gentlemen. Restoring freedom through choice. Firefightersforfreedom.org, the website. John, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. We uh, are getting this Mike Brown interview ready. We'll do that real quick. Mike Brown is VP of Sales and Marketing. Raindrop Technologies, Inc. is the company. Fun freedom, they say, and invest All right, in Raindrop we're be live in Technology. Three, two, one. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. The parade of vendors continues, ladies and gentlemen. You've probably got 75 vendors in this hall right now. Everybody's gearing up. We are at the WeCanAct.net conference, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't have your tickets, get them now and head over. WeCanAct.net. Put in the keyword liberty and get 50 bucks off every ticket. And uh, if you can't make it, though, there are streaming options available. Check it out at WeCanAct.net. Our guest now, Mike Brown, he's vice president of sales and marketing for Rain.Text. Raindrop. Raindrop Text is what it's called, ladies and gentlemen. And it's Raindrop Texting. And uh, you know what? It's all the rage. A lot of people used to have email lists everywhere. And email lists are out. Texting is in. Uh, marketing studies show that and a whole lot more. So we're going to learn more about this technology how it relates to you, and hopefully your business. Mike, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. Appreciate it. So how'd you get involved in Raindrop? Yeah, I uh, helped found the company five years ago. And the reason being, there wasn't a text message marketing company that was helping conservatives. Most texting companies lean left. Yes, and, they do. Uh, and they, they've utilized texting very effectively. You know, Obama famously raised millions of dollars via text for a George Clooney fundraiser. And uh, nobody was doing that on the right. And so me and a couple of others helped found the company. And, and our focus is, you know, we do texting for conservatives by conservatives. All so we, right. We want to give them a voice. for conservatives by conservatives, ladies and gentlemen. They also have an interesting uh, headline I want to talk about that will be interesting in a second here. Start funding or investing and funding in Raindrop. You can make a difference by doing that as well. But tell me how it works then. If I'm, if I'm the average Joe, I might be on the receiving end of many of these texts. But if I own a business, if I want to promote something relating to liberty, and I want to create a text list, that's where it starts, right? Yep, exactly. And really the whole point of texting is that everybody reads them. They have a 98% read rate. And the average text is read within three minutes. 
you know, versus email, which is three days and, you know, 20%. So it's, it's a quicker way to communicate. So it's great for action items, you know, for yeah, an organization. Three days and 20%, but going south. Sad to say. Yes, yes. For email, so, right? yeah. So, I mean, it's just another tool in your marketing, you know, toolbox to use. But it's ideal for, you know, grassroots organizations that need to raise money. We do text fundraising. If you want to gain feedback, we do text polling. But then also just getting out messages quickly, action items, calls to action, you know, changes in schedules. You know, for example, today, the We Can Act Liberty Conference, they're using our service to send out, you know, notices to changes to the schedule and also to promote the vendors. So it's a great way to communicate quickly. So we set that up for grassroots organizations, small or large. All right. So if I'm a tiny organization, how does it work for me? Do I have an online platform that I post my text to that they can send out? Do I have to download an app or either or both? How does it work? Yeah. So we create, um, it's just an online account, online dashboard. So you log into your Raindrop account and it's just web-based. You can do it from your smartphone. And from there, you can create the text, you can create polls, and you can blast them out from your phone. So it's just a web-based um, you know, login, web-based dashboard that's customized to your organization. Yeah, the point is it's a hosted SaaS portal. What's that? It's a hosted SaaS portal. Yes. So it's software as a service. I don't have to download anything or install anything or anything like that. Uh, but it's a portal by which, hey, my, uh, all my action can happen. Yep, exactly. How expensive is it and how does it priced? A lot of times these things get pretty expensive, right? Um, it can be, but we've made it, you know, reasonable for any size organization. And we did it that way so just a, a local, you know, school group can use it or a large organization. So we have month to month plans, you know, anywhere from fifty to a hundred bucks a month, and then you pay per text anywhere from one to five cents per text. So all of our information is on our website. If you want to also just text the word raindrop to 53445, you can see how it works, and then there'll be a link to more information. All right. Now, you've got a lot of interesting clients, too, that are using your service that I think a lot of our listeners will recognize. Yeah, definitely. We, we help uh, Tony Perkins with Family Research Council. And by Turn the way, Tony Perkins does a radio program that we air on our nationally syndicated radio network as well. It's called Washington Watch. Yes, yes, and he uses it primarily for, for polling. He takes polls um, for his listeners, so it works out great for him. Another talker that we have is David Harris, Jr. Uh -huh. He has a, you know, a large platform. He uses us. Um, but also Turning Point USA and Students for Life. During the pro-life you know, March for Life a couple years ago, they, they sent out you know, hundreds of thousands of texts just informing people on the activities of the day. What if they put pressure on you to start deplatforming people? What's that? What if they try to pressure you to deplatform people? What kind of pressure do we face? Yeah, do do, do they try to get you to deplatform people? Um, no, no. In fact, um, Family Research Council they were using another texting company that kicked them off, yes. and so we picked them up. So, so that's really a, a big focus these days is that we will keep you in communication with your audience if you're deplatformed. So texting is a great way to stay in touch. You have a direct connection. You have the phone number of your supporters. And that's a big reason why David Harris Jr. is utilizing us after the deplatforming started. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. And I know Family Research Council and others literally have their credit card banking stuff challenged as well. Yeah, definitely. It's happening all over. So that's a big focus of ours is to help those who are otherwise, you know, shunned and, and deplatformed. 
you know, we want to be your voice, and it's a way to bypass that censorship to All communicate right. directly with, with supporters. Now, you guys have a booth here. What are you showing at the booth to the average Joe? Yeah, to the average Joe, just you can come by and get some Hershey's Kisses. They're the, uh -huh. closest, the closest thing that are, you know, shaped to a raindrop. <laughs> but uh, just come and get more information about us. We also are doing um, a drawing, too, for several giveaways. So if people are here... put my name in that, dude. I want to win a giveaway. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, And the way we're doing that is if you text RAIN to 53445. That's specific for the, the giveaways, RAIN to 53445. All right, and uh, there's also a way to invest with you guys, right? Yes, definitely. We are, you know, still a growing company, and, and we're actually doing, you know, a crowdfunding campaign through um, if you text the word invest to 53445 or on our website, there'll, there'll be a, a link to that. It's through True Crowd, their crowdfunding program. So anybody can, can help invest in our company, you know, for as little as $100 to, to help us grow together. And that's going to be vital, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump starting up his own platform, too. We just need Donald Trump to partner and use your tech service. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to have him. <laughs> now, how did you guys build the platform, then? Is it robust enough, or are they going to take the whole thing down? Um, it's, it's definitely robust enough. I mean, we're growing with, with the times, and as we grow, um, we're, we're not hosted on Amazon, so we don't have to worry about about that so <laughs> with that deplatforming that happened so that's, that's no. good because that's critical right oh it is it is unfortunately these days that's you got to think about that so no we are you know we're we're uh, certified by digicert um, one of our founders uh, worked for them so anyway we're we're very secure what else should the average american know <laughs> well about us know that texting's here to stay everybody reads their texts it, you know, any organization, I don't care how big you are, how small you are, you can use texting. We have a great group here in Utah called Utah Parents United. They utilize us. Um, yes, you know, I'm with, familiar with them. With all the attacks on, you know, parents by the school boards, they're using us to get messages out to every school district. They have a keyword for every district. So parents in every district can get pertinent messages quickly. And so I don't care how big your group is, you can use texting, and it's just a simple effective way to get your message in literally in the hands of your supporters what do you think about the all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen incredible stuff you are listening to liberty roundtable live i am sam bushman live from the weekendact.net conference incredible interviews incredible speakers incredible vendors it's just a pleasure to be here quick pause hour one in the can hour two coming up you are listening to the one and only liberty roundtable live libertyroundtable.com lovingliberty.net Spread the word, ladies and gentlemen. Tell the tale of freedom, will you please? We declare this nation shall save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. 
Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for October 23rd in the year of our Lord for 2021. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guides. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I am live at WeCanAct.net conference. Incredible two days. Day one was amazing. I don't know how they can beat it for day two, but they're sure going to try. Vendors, speakers, good people running around everywhere. You got to dig it, ladies and gentlemen. One of the people running a booth and running around everywhere is Wendy Hart. And you say, who is Wendy Hart? Well, she is a co-founder and board member of SecureVoteUtah.org. That's SecureVoteUtah.org. If you don't have one of those in your own state, you just need to put SecureVote whatever your state is, .org, and you need to get with Wendy and others and become a founder of your state and get it done in your state as well because this is critical, folks. We have been defrauded big time, and going forward, it has got to stop. The question is how? Well, they say this. They say we want a system that is transparent and secure. Decades ago, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors volunteered to serve as election precinct judges some to administer the elections, some to count the ballots. After they counted the ballots, they relayed the confirmed totals up the chain within an hour or two. It was pretty simple, and it worked great. We want to return to this proven system, ladies and gentlemen. We want to reduce costs. We want to enhance security, and we can do it. It's time to go to work now, says Wendy. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks, Sam. I'm happy to be here. So how did you uh, found this organization? In other words, how did you uh, get this all together? Because a lot of people are, you know, they care, but they just don't know where to start, right? How did you start? Um, just a handful of patriots, you know, a bunch of people getting together saying, what, what can we do? And the, the main thing was, how do we make sure that the average person can verify that their vote was counted? And we figure that the sometimes going back to the old ways makes a lot of sense. There's a reason why it was done that way. So that's what we're trying to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been walking through the vendor booths yesterday as part of my due diligence as a broadcaster and a media uh, personality here to kind of cover the conference the best I can. And I walked up to the booth and I said, listen, I don't even want you guys to tell me what you're doing. I just want to tell you how votes need to happen. And I kind of ran through my litany of things that I talk about on the radio all the time. We've got to go back to paper ballots. We've got to have people uh, swear under penalty of perjury. We've got to have vote counters, vote watchers. We gotta, and I went through all this thing. When I got done, they said, you know what? We've almost got exactly what you just said. It's true. Bright minds think alike. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And, and I bring this up because, really, it's not bright minds think alike so much. It's that we studied the founding fathers, and we understand their, we understood their solutions, and that's why we're coming to the same conclusions, really, right? Right, exactly. Now, um, I know we got bright minds, and I don't want to take away from that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, really, it's that we've studied, and we've understood what may, why have we not had a problem with this over the last couple hundred years, and now it seems to be every election a problem because we've changed the way we're doing things. Yeah, we, and it isn't working. Yeah, we take it too far away from the people. The, the most local, the closest to the people is always the answer, regardless of what it is. And we think that because technology exists, then that's wonderful. And we can use technology for any number of things. But we take the people's ability to verify out of the equation. And that's the problem. 
One of the phrases, I don't know if you know, but I own a, a, a technology company during the uh, day. I, I mean, I own it all the time. I, I run a, an IT company <laughs> during the day. <laughs> and it's called Small Business Tech Guys. And one of the phrases we use uh, at our company is we say, let te- tech serve you, not own you. Oh, love it. And what we've done is we've really allowed tech to own us in yeah. this space where it owns and controls us. Yeah, absolutely it does. What, what I say to people is, um, how many of you could verify vote counting um, you know, by hand in the precinct? If you were watching vote counting, could you, could you as a human being, do you have the capability of verifying this? And the answer is that every registered voter basically has that ability. But when we move to technology, you have to have degrees. You have to have people that can read source code. Um, the average voter does not have the technological capability, and they certainly don't have the access to be able to verify their vote. So we are being asked to trust, but not to verify. And that's the problem. I don't have a problem trusting. It's the lack of verification that I have an issue with. I have a problem trusting because well, they, because when we want to verify, when we want to have an audit, they riot. They have a cow. They have a True. spaz. Like, hey, how dare you question me? And I think that's a telltale sign of somebody that's trying to get the upper hand on I me. Mean, it reminds me of before the Bible was mass printed. In other words, before the printing press. And they're like, mm-hmm. trust us, Wendy. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, okay? Right, right. No, that's an excellent, <laughs> that's wow. an excellent analogy. What the heck are you guys talking about? Hold on a minute. So uh, Ronald Reagan said, trust, but verify. Yes. I say, no, no, no. Let's verify. And if the trust is warranted, then by we'll all trust. means. <laughs> I agree. Until I then, uh, no. <laughs> and the reason why is because of the scandals that we've seen, because of the mistrust uh, that we've experienced, right? I mean, that's really the core of this issue. We're not trying to riot and go after everybody. Right. We really want to go back to our day-to-day lives, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. We don't want to just spend forever on vote fraud. What a horrible existence. <laughs> now, it's necessary. Sweet. We're willing to do it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm bringing up, would rather go back to our data. What were you doing before this? Um, well, I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom. I do yeah. have a, I do have a business that I run. What is um, it? It's it's database. Um, uh, it, basically, I do data migration work from one database to another for different corporations. Clients. Yeah, different corporations. Right, so you're yeah. kind of a technical person too. I, yeah, I am. And and, right. and and so people laugh, you know, because I have this technical background. But there's there's a right time for tech, and then there's a wrong time for tech. Amen to that. So one of the other phrases we use at my day, day job, my IT company that I own, we say, not only do we say, let tech serve you, not own you, but another phrase we have is, we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Oh, I love it. And I bring that phrase up right now because <laughs> we're keeping an eye on votes so you don't have to. Yes. Um, what we're really saying is, you know what, everybody can't be involved in this. Everybody doesn't have the technical skills to drill in and demand accountability, et cetera. But what you can do is sign the petition you guys have got mm-hmm. to help us do that on your behalf and report back, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, we, what we're trying to do is go back, like you said, to in-person voting. Most people don't realize that in March of 2020, Utah made it so that it is illegal for an election to be primarily conducted in person. It has to be. To me, in my mind, have they lost their minds? You want to talk (laughs) about trust, but verify. You just broke my trust. What do you mean we can't vote in person? Well, I can't physically be there to advocate for my own will. Well, they'll, they'll argue that, yes, you can technically vote in person, but before that, 
whoever's running the election, if it's your city, if it's your county, they are legally obligated to mail you as a registered voter. Every registered no, voter. No, because then that ballot will go astray and double vote and cause all kinds of mischief. Potentially, yes. But then you can still choose to go in person. They will have a handful of little polling locations that you can go vote in person, but you will be given the exact same ballot that they already mailed to you. It'll be deposited in the same Dropbox that you could already use, and it will be counted by the same machines that would, you know. So, so it's really not being voted on, on in person. No, yeah. it's just, it's the difference of are you sitting at your kitchen table or are you going to City Hall and, and filling out your ballot? No, man, I want it to be registered right then, right now. Right, and I and, and more importantly, I, don't I want, want it, it in some box to be registered and tampered with later. Well, I want people to actually, from my neighborhood, actually be the ones sitting there counting the votes. Yeah, that's so I what I mean. I want it. it counted right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what we want to go back to. Obviously, we're going to still allow absentee ballots. That's what we're hoping to do because there are people that you know are out of town, um, that are disabled, that need to have that option. That are in the military, sure. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me explain the legitimacy of, and the difference of that versus what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Vote by mail says we're going to just send out ballots to who knows who. So you've got custody problems, the chain of custody, both directions. One sending out the ballots to who knows who, who knows who gets them, and then two, the ballots coming back. That's a big problem. If I request a ballot in the first place, though, now they know that I'm on record as saying I'm gone, I'm out of town, or I, for some reason, can't vote physically in person. Now they, I've legitimized it by my inbound inquiry if you will right then they send that out to me i vote and send it back that's a very different discussion than blanketing the world with a gazillion ballots that can be manipulated both directions not the same discussion at all so we're rejecting voting by mail entirely ladies and gentlemen but we are supporting absentee ballots on a very as needed uh, i ask for that ballot uh with a reason mm -hmm. and then they give me that ballot that's a different discussion because now I've basically said, put on record, I'm Sam Bushman, and I'm, I'm here or there, and I want to vote absentee for this reason. You're giving a, a legitimate paper trail, or a documentation, if you will, and a paper trail is in, in the accounting world. But, but the point is that you, you've now documented this auditable reality, right? Yes. Yes. Plus, here, just by way of uh, information, you know, when they're verifying signatures, this is going to be your most current signature on file that they'll be able to verify it with not the one that you registered with you know 30 years ago or whatever yes so so there, there there's a, another level of that but just the the act of you making that inquiry and saying i'm going to be out of town my, my very first presidential ballot was an absentee ballot because i come from california and i was up here Man, in Utah. i'd be absentee if that was the case <laughs> i'm just teasing well you know back in the day it wasn't too bad but you know these days but i i was a college student and so i received my ballot absentee so that was wonderful um but since then i i don't vote absentee um, I don't th know that I've ever voted absentee since then. Ladies and gentlemen, we want a system that is transparent and secure. It's a pretty simple request, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. It's right? Yep. Decades ago, it was that way. We can have it again. You got some high-tech rednecks telling you we got to go low-tech for this one, baby. How do you like that? <laughs> All right, quick pause. Wendy Hart with me. And we're talking about vote security. All right? Vote. Oh, no, secureVoteUtah.org, right? Correct. Secure Vote Utah. Put your state in there if you don't have one. You can volunteer and become the founder and get it going on in your state, too. Accountability is where it's at. 
Yeah, this is David in engineering. This is your wife in suburbia. Oh, hi, hon. What's up? How's the robot coming? Well, it doesn't exactly respond to requests mm. yet, but I'm... Well, I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date. Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh-huh. Sorry. You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh-huh. Well, we'll have to have that sound chip changed to Dada. Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know. I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today? Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks. You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages. Only if he pays for his own lunch. Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I still wish we hadn't named him that. Well, why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. Isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult? An adult what? Engineer. Engineer. Funny, funny. <laughs> I'll see you soon. I can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. All right, back to you live, ladies and gentlemen, from WeCanAct.net Conference. It is, what do they call this, Liberty Conference 21? Yeah, it's at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City, and I am live. WeCanAct.net, if you want to get streaming options, or if you want to come for the second day, put in the keyword Liberty, and then you'll get a discount on your uh, purchase there, and we'll be grateful for your support, and you'll get some incredible information from the hard-hitting Long line of incredible speakers speaking. One of the people that isn't speaking that ought to be, though, is Wendy Hart. With me now, she is a co-founder and a board member of SecureVoteUtah.org. And I asked her on the break, hey, you know what? Do you, what about other states? Are they doing this? She doesn't know of any other states that have a plan in place like we have. And I agree it's a little bit fuzzy because every state's slightly different in how they go about these things. But, folks, this is not different by state. We want a system that is transparent and secure. Is that too much to ask for? And I don't care what state you come from. We all want that, right? Decades ago, folks, friends and neighbors used to basically work together, become election judges, and count the votes, and everybody worked together, and within hours they had totals. Now they have these computer scenarios where it's just fiasco after fiasco. It's fuzzy. Uh, people make contradictory statements. You don't find out who your elected people are for days, weeks, months. Well, in the case of the 2020 Donald Trump election, we still don't know, and it's been what? Almost a year? What the heck on earth is going on? But them computers are going to make things better, aren't they, Wendy? Uh, we hope so. <laughs> Not true, though. We've got to go back to paper ballots. Those computers aren't going to get it done. That's where the fuzzy fraud is. And I submit to you that computers literally, you're a technical person enough to, to uh, double down on this and confirm this. If they really wanted the computers to count the votes in seconds and be accurate, it could. This minutia is by design. I, I would tend to agree with that, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, computers, I was hearing somebody the other day talk about how computers do exactly what you tell them. It may not be what you want them to do, but they do exactly what you tell them. So if they've been programmed to do one thing, they're going to give you that result. Amen to that. All right. Computers do exactly what you tell them. So if you tell them to create controversy, to create fuzzy logic, to create mismatched reports, to create confusion, they'll do exactly Yep. That. Well, and again, from a technological perspective, all we're doing with voting is you're adding. You just have to add, right? You shouldn't be able to do yeah, fractional votes. Yeah, the calculator votes. can do that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And and that's another part of the initiative. You know, um, you could even use an abacus, you know that. You could. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and your fingers. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the point is, though, this is all by design, folks. And the answer is to go back to paper ballots, to have humans not only count the vote, but humans watch the vote count, document the results. And I'm suggesting we need to add the penalty of perjury to that. Because, look, you do that for your tax returns, folks. If you're in any financial field of any uh, consequence, you have what's called fiduciary responsibility, uh, where they put you on the line. They usually take all your fingerprints, like when I became a mortgage broker for a long time. I had to give the FBI my palm prints, my thumb prints, and every single finger, one digit at a time. And they have all my fingerprints, and they go back in this big database, and they confirm that I'm legitimately okay to carry out a financial fiduciary um, responsibility there. Um, this is serious. Uh, but why can't we, if we have that for our taxes and for many financial fields, why can't we have that for the vote? Yeah, no, we absolutely should. And part of the thing that that we're advocating for is to vote in person in your precinct. So like you said, with your friends and neighbors that are the ones that are actually counting the votes. And there there's a level of um, dispersion of authority there that the founders were very big about. We don't concentrate power. And what we've done with technology is we amass greater and greater power in counting the votes at a higher and higher level. It takes away the responsibility from the local people. It takes away that sense of community with you and your neighbors. And, um, and it makes it less, you know, less local, less social. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day that once upon a time, you know, even if you were voting for somebody different, you know, you had signs about the opposing candidates in your yard, there was some community building of seeing your neighbors there at the polling stations, and you were happy to see them there doing their civic duty, you know, casting a ballot. There was a degree of mutual respect. Yes. There was a degree of civility that we've seemed to jettison in modern times as well. Absolutely. And that would return if we had to look at the guy right next door that, that just took in your trash can or that just watched your house while you were gone and got your mail. Even if you disagree on a political issue, you could say, you know what, Larry over there, he's a good guy anyway. You know what? <laughs> I know he's kind of goofy on politics, but you know what? He's a good guy. Yeah. He's an honorable guy. And I'm going to treat him decent because he's okay. When you go to this vote, you know, computer balloting, mail in, whatever, hey, you don't talk to your neighbor. It's just the neighbor's an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it more polarized. And I think some of that is because we have shut ourselves behind the wall of technology and we're not interacting as human beings anymore. And and this this brings us back there. And f frankly, I would trust the people in my neighborhood to count the votes even where we disagree politically. Sure. Because, you know, they're honest, good people. Absolutely. And you've seen them day in and day out, and you've seen them how they treat their family, and your kids know their kids, and you know that they're great people even if you aren't perfectly aligned on everything. And that's okay, yeah, folks. That's no, what we've got to understand. Um, it's also important to really realize with this voting is the precinct is more than voting. Right. Yeah, a lot of people believe that a precinct just has to do with voting. No, it has to do with vetting candidates. 
It has to do with getting uh, precinct leaders. It has to do with um, eventually vetting candidates. It has. To, there's a lot more to a precinct than just a voting reality as well that we've lost. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think people don't know a lot about that. And a lot of people don't understand that when you elect precinct delegates, especially here in Utah, you have people in your neighborhood that are talking with and raising your local issues with people who want to serve you in the highest levels of government. And that that level of accountability really benefits the entire state because it's very, very local. And most of the people that are on those very, very local frontline levels is what I would say. Those are the people that actually study the candidates, vet them and know what they're talking about. So the point is that by the time a candidate gets to a primary or to a general election, a lot of that vetting has already been done. And we need to make sure that those in my opinion, checks and balances is what I would call them, that they don't get circumvented. Right, absolutely. I mentioned that I, I grew up in California, and we didn't have, in, in order to speak with somebody who's a sitting governor or a sitting U.S. senator, you have to pay an awful lot of money to, to donate to show up. And in Utah, because of our caucus system, you know, the, the sitting governors and uh, U.S. congressmen actually want to talk to your neighbors. They used to. Now they're finding ways to kind of manipulate yeah. and get around that. And that's how Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney got rejected in the co- uh, the caucus reality as well. Uh, but yet he just put in big money, kind of came back and circumvented the whole deal, right? Yeah, there's a technicality on that. Um, he would have gone to the primary either way um, under the caucus rules. But um, but yeah, but the, those that vetted um, knew what the issues were and were able to ask questions about lands and things like that. And um you know, at least give him information on what he needed to know more than than when he started. All right, Wendy, you're trying to get people to sign the petition. Um, I signed it willingly. I think there's a little more that could be added to that because I'm just kind of hardcore. But uh, it's a great effort. It's a great start. It really puts this on. You're trying to put this on the ballot in Utah and let the voters say, yes, we want this, right? Yes, we are. And we're aiming for November 2022. And um, we're planning on filing next week with the lieutenant governor's office. There are a handful of legal hurdles that we have to jump through. And then we're going to get to a point where we need to collect formal signatures from uh, a certain number in every county. And uh, so if you sign our, our, our list today, then we'll be able to let you know where to go to, to formally sign that and to get your neighbors to sign it to put it on the ballot in 2022. All right, if people go to secureVoteUtah.org, can they get a hold of you if they're saying, hey, I want to duplicate this in my state? Because this is a nationally syndicated show on AM and FM affiliates, Wendy. It's also worldwide via the Internet, et cetera. So people are kind of wondering, hey, I want to duplicate this in my area. Can they get a hold of you guys to learn how? Um, yes, we'll, we'll put that functionality on there. I would uh, recommend that they email. I don't know if it's there yet, but it will be by tomorrow, Wendy at um, SecureVoteUtah.org. All right, yeah, we got to get that done or duplicate in my state. At anyway, I'm yeah, just saying that absolutely. we really need to spread this message though because it's slightly the nuances are different in every state. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me reiterate this the principle what we're after is very simple and uniform across the United States. Here it is ready? We want a system that is transparent and secure. Isn't it that simple? That's what we want. Yep, 81% of Utahns, we did a poll in August, said that they need they wanted us to prioritize election integrity over convenience. So people talk about, but it's so convenient to fill out the ballot at the kitchen table, but 81% of Utahns 
admit that absolutely we need to prioritize that integrity over convenience. Yeah, but that's not even convenient, though. You sit at your table, that part's convenient, but when you don't know who your elected candidate is for days and weeks and months and years, that's really inconvenient, Annoying. Wendy, for <laughs> that's me. That's true. I agree with that. Right, cause I don't even know who my president is. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and this is like a year later. That's like super inconvenient, especially for the nation. So there you have it. All right, Wendy, do you got a parting shot for us? Um, just that sometimes things are imp important enough that you need to go back to the old tried and true methods, and your vote is is sacred, and we need to go back and do it the old-fashioned way. Wendy, God bless you and your team and the work you're doing. Tell them thank you from us, the Liberty Roundtable team. Ladies and gentlemen, we simply want a system that is transparent and secure, and if we work together, we can get it. Wendy Hart, board member and co-founder of secureVoteUtah.org. If you're at the conference, go by their booth and sign today, will you please? Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, quick pause. Hard-hitting news continues in seconds on your favorite news the networks refuse to use, talk station, LovingLiberty.net. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. A COVID shot for kids moving closer to getting approved. The FDA yesterday releasing a report on Pfizer shot for kids between 5 and 11. While there are some reports the shot has led some kids to be hospitalized, the FDA says the benefits may still outweigh the risks. An FDA advisory committee meeting next week to discuss recommending emergency use authorization. If you're looking to get a COVID booster shot, any shot will do. The CDC this week approving mixing and matching COVID shots. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky yesterday. My understanding is that most people will um, have done largely well with the initial vaccine that they got and may express a preference very much for the original vaccine series they got having done very well. There may be some people who um, might prefer another vaccine over the one that they received and the, the current CDC recommendations now make that possible. So if you got vaccinated with any of the three available shots, feel free to get any of the other two for your booster, provided you're eligible. This is USA Radio News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-885-0303. That's 1-885-0303. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-885-0303. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Gas prices now at a level we haven't seen in almost seven years. In all 50 states, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded is over $3. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan telling Fox News yesterday our energy problems start at the White House. And with winter coming, winter is coming, uh, there's going to be more pain at the pump, pain for home uh, heating fuel for Americans. And this is a purely um, 
homemade problem from the Self Biden administration. Self-imposed. Yeah. Unilateral disarmament on American energy independence. This is the first time the average price per gallon in every state has been above $3 since 2014. AAA's national average now 338 Oklahoma with the lowest average, 302. California the highest, 454. President Biden once again spending the weekend in Delaware. In 276 days in office, Biden has spent almost 40% of that time either in Delaware or at Camp David. CNN reports this is the most time a president has spent away from the White House on personal travel at this point in his presidency in recent history. This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk continues at your fingertips live from WeCanAct.net. The incredible conservative conference, Liberty 21 is what we're calling it, at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City. We are live. The lineup of speakers continues at noon. Booths are open from vendors all day long. It's just an incredible event where people are rubbing shoulders and getting to know one another and learning about some incredible things. And I walked around the floor, as you know, and I'm checking out the booths for my due diligence, if you will. And I came across an interesting booth. Rocky Mountain Food Forest. And I kind of like, hey, man, am I in the forest? And they said, yes, you are. And I liked that. And so I started asking questions. And here's the bottom line. you got landscape around your house, right? Most of the time it's landscape that's um, very high maintenance, very uh, water sucking. Is that the word? Anyway, uses a ton of water, right? Uh, but these guys have come back and said, look, you can change all that. You can save water. You can improve your environmental space. You can redo your whole landscaping with edible food. And I went, are you kidding me right now? And they, they said, yeah, sometimes it's flowers and sometimes it's different things, but it's all edible. And I kind of thought, wow, what a prepper's dream. What an opportunity. Megan Gilson decided to join me. She's with the group. She's daughter. Her mother's into it and the owner of the company. But you know what? From what I understand, Megan's the one that got her into it in the first place. Hi, Megan. Hi. How's it going? You got your mom into this thing? I did, yeah. So um, I was just doing a little research, and I came across this incredible company called Food Forest Abundance. And I was like, Mom, And by the way, that's at foodforestabundance.com if people want to learn more, right? That is correct. Because there's people all over the country that can't really work with you locally. That is true. So we do have a parent company, and they are based in Florida, and we are actually independent contractors with them. And through them, we are able to reach everyone in the Rocky Mountain area, but they do have people in all corners of the country. Wonderful. And So how did you get into this? How did you discover it then? So I was actually listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the idea of, you know, um, opting out of a global supply chain, keeping your your supplies local, and making sure that you have what you need for yourself and your family moving forward. You know, in these uncertain times, it's as important as possible to keep your supply chain as local as you can. And did you take training from them, or what does it take to kind of become, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, an affiliate or whatever? So... A little bit of yes, a little bit of no. Um, My mom grew up in a ranch in Idaho, and so she's already pretty knowledgeable about raising livestock, raising um, crops. But the point that we wanted to make is that you don't have to have that kind of background to be able to do this. We're here to help you. It's 
It's all... I don't um, got to get out the baler and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I know. You don't have to get out the baler. No heavy machinery right. if you don't want to. My mom loves heavy machinery, so <laughs> that was, she wanted to do the install herself. But um, if that's not kind of your thing, then you definitely don't have to do it. But it was really important for us, um, my mom and I, to be able to get our hands dirty and to do it ourselves. So it's really a mind shift to start out, though, right? Instead of basically getting food storage and stuff like that, your kind of idea is, hey, we can change the environmental landscape that we've got. Uh, we can change the landscape of our homes. Uh, things can become edible, but really it's a st- sustainable edible discussion uh, done by conservatives, right? That's it's like true. super rare, huh? I, it, a little bit, yeah. It's kind of, we kind of get those, oh, you're those eco freaks. And we're like, well, no, but. <laughs> We don't want we, you to hug trees. We just want you to be just, able to survive. We don't want you to hug trees. We want you to eat parts of them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I mean, if hugging's your game, you do that. But <laughs> Yeah, you can hug the tree before you eat it if there you, you choose. We're okay yep. with that, too. But, uh, anyway, so um, you, you stumbled across it, basically, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So just kind of on a whim, I was like, you know, um, in the first stages of this, uh, can I call it a scamdemic on here? Is that okay? Yeah, why not? You let her rip, sister. This is Free Speech 101 um, on your radio. So at the beginning of the plandemic, we'll call it that. Um, oh, it's a scandemic. There you go. We're scandemic, beyond plandemic. They planned yeah. the scam for sure, but oh, we can't give, sure. let them off the hook. Heck it's a no. scam. Anyway, so at they the beginning. They planned the scamdemic is what we oh, need to call down it. Oh, down to the letter. But yeah. um, So at the beginning, you know, with all these shortages that were happening, like you couldn't buy yeast for bread. You couldn't yeah. find a lot of stuff, you can know, you, in stores. Oh, I guess you can go toilet paper, can't you? All right, keep <laughs> you going. can now, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the essential thing in a respiratory virus is all the toilet paper you can cart home. That's right. Um, so uh, we were we got our garden first, and we've always had raised beds in our garden. It's been important for us to have fresh produce. We yeah, because believe. you get stuff out of the weeds that way and you, you're a lot less weeds and it's yeah. easier to maintain. I understand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then um, so we were looking about how to grow that and we looked into getting a greenhouse and then we so I stumbled upon this food forest abundance and they really made an impact because it was more about not just having a vegetable garden, but it was about taking out that high maintenance lawn, that non-native monoculture that really isn't doing any good for your family, your yard, or, you know, the environment and replacing it with something where it's all native plants and they all work together. It's companion growing. They all, um, feed each other, sustain each other. And at the end of the day, you're getting something out of it. You're getting food, you're getting medicine, and you're making an impact on your local, um, if you want to say wildlife, you can, we but don't. you're really building an <laughs> ecosystem, though. You here. are. You yeah. know what? Tell the environmentalists to fly a kite. We can talk about this, <laughs> and they don't own the whole words and space and everything else. Exactly. Okay? We can be good stewards of the earth, yes. which God told us to do. Mm-hmm. And conservatives believe in God and believe in being good stewards. That doesn't mean we're going to whack out and try to take away your rights. That's what the other guys do. Exactly. But they're not going to be able to steal the lexicon and the words and the reality from us that, hey, you want to create an environmentally sustained ecosystem around your home. Exactly. And it's safe. It's effective. It's healthy. It's food if you need it and more right it's self-sustaining and it's sustainable yeah exactly so i don't want to shy away from those words megan just because there's a bunch of wackos that use them yep uh, there are legitimacy to the words and legitimacy to the points there are yeah and you know what i can care about the environment i'm not going to be blowing up any dams but you know i do care about the environment and you i mean, you care can be about conservative, my responsible and care exactly. about your world wow we dig it we dig it we do we need more yep. of that <laughs> uh, so this ecosystem though uh it, it all depends on one another it, it sustains uh, etc 
Is it hard, though? There, there's different phases of this. There's kind of the planning. You get your plan together, and then you install it, and then you maintain it. And There's kind of a process to this, right? So the really beautiful thing about it is once you've got your blueprint, you can have one of our food forest installers do it for you. You know, my mom and I, it was important for us that we did it ourselves so we'd know exactly what was going in and how to put it in and then be able to help other people if they had questions. But the really beautiful thing about it is that once it's in, it takes so much less maintenance than like a lawn is going to. So, you know, we've got everything from ground cover and then you've got, you know, your um, your root-based plants that you're going to be eating the roots off, beets, carrots, potatoes, things like that. But also what those do is they aerate your lawn. So anything with shallow roots like an apple tree is going to benefit from being planted near those because it aerates the roots for your apple trees. And then from there, you know, you've got maybe... Um, climbing vines that are going to use your apple trees for support or, you know, corn stalks, things like that. It all works together. And you've maybe got some things like tomatoes and dill grow together. The um, I'm sorry, tomatoes and basil grow together. And everyone knows tomatoes and basil taste amazing on pizza. But what you don't know is that the basil also keeps insects away from your tomatoes and acts as a natural pest repellent. And so if you have things like that going on, it really is kind of a self-maintaining system. The easy part and the relatively inexpensive part, ladies and gentlemen, is to get your blueprint. So what they can do is a consult with you. Uh, through that consulting, they develop a blueprint or a plan that they delivered to you. As far as I understand, that's anywhere from like 750 bucks to 3000 depending on if it's a big project, it might be more and a discussion might need to happen. But in general, that's what it is for the average homeowner that lives on a quarter acre, a third of an acre, or whatever. Uh, and then the more expensive part then is the okay, we're going to pull the trigger and install this thing. After you get past that install part, the big relative expense, uh, then it becomes more of a maintenance thing. This isn't something that you've got to plant a garden every year. This thing basically maintains itself and kind of come. I'm not saying you don't got to do any work to maintain it, but I'm just saying it grows back and it's, it's self-sustaining in, a, in many ways, right? Exactly. Like with a lawn, you're watering and you're mowing and you're watering and you're mowing. And that cycle goes on until the end of time. And then you got to fertilize and you got to aerate and a few yep. more things if you're more diligent. But yep. yes. Yep. Or if you're into that, you got to spray pesticides, which we are not because we want to be able to eat everything going in our garden. Right. But um, with this, it's really so, for example, we have chickens. So the chickens help us maintain the plants and then you know, in the course of time, you know, we get eggs, we get meat from the chickens, you know, after a while. But we also use the manure from the chickens to, to um, fertilize the plants. So it's all, everything is sustainable, sustaining, and it all really works together. And that's the point at the end of the day is that everything that we are putting in your blueprint, it should all work together and be self-sustaining and as low maintenance as possible. So you are, maybe you have to weed once in a while, but you know what? There's some amazing edible weeds out there, too. And a weed is just a plant maybe you don't want in a manicured garden. Teach the next generation how to grow food priceless uh, is one of the things it says on the Abundance website that you guys are uh, partnering with here. Mm -hmm. That's really kind of the deal, though, folks. This is really important. If we were ever to have a food shortage, how would you like to just say, wow, everything around my home now has value to me? may not be the greatest tasting to eat a flower, but it does have a bunch of nutrients and you certainly won't go hungry, right? Exactly. Uh, and that, that's important to understand. And so um, now people are going to say this, well, will it look as good? Oh, it actually looks better, right? <laughs> exactly. It's beautiful. You've got all, it's very vibrant. You've got different. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. It's a little bit of self-discipline. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I like Chick-fil-A as much as the next person, but I'm not eating it every day. <laughs> no, I understand. Sure. Uh, it's something that your whole family could do together, too. That's a, a part of this that I don't think we should miss. No, you got your mom into this, sure. right? I did get my mom into this. And from there, you know, my brother owns some property up in Ogden. He and all his kids, they all work together in the garden. The kids have their own jobs, you know, even if it's helping prepare But it's not really the in the garden. It's in the forest, right? Yep, it's, you know what, we call it a forest. We and call and it I don't mean to play games with words, but here's yeah. what I want to get across with that. Your garden, you got to plant every year, and then yep. it gets wrecked, and you got to start over, and you got to plant a new garden this year. Oh, man, I didn't get my garden started <laughs> on time this year. And when we talk about a forest, we're talking about a whole different viewpoint and mindset, right? That is true. And so, actually, what it is, it's permaculture, as in it's permanently going to change the way your yard looks, and it's going to be there hopefully forever, you know, hopefully if... You know, we do our jobs right and you do your work right, then it lasts forever and it's feeding your family for generations. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, teaching the next generation how to grow food priceless. Because a lot of people are saying, well, Sam, it's a little expensive. And my response is it all depends on how you look at expense. When it becomes partly what you eat, when it becomes partly your entertainment because you work together on it, when it becomes kind of your love and your passion and you get involved, uh, when it really starts to save water, when it really starts to... Uh, the payback is surprisingly different in so many ways to where is it really expensive, Megan? 
you know what? If you look at it from that way, it's not expensive at all because you are saving on water. You're saving on fertilizers and things like that. But you're also saving on your food bill. And if you believe, like I do, that food is medicine, that you're also saving on, you know, future medical bills as well because that adds up. But, yeah, I, I think the the benefits vastly outweigh the price because... It's what you're getting back. So maybe you make a one-time investment, but that's what it is. It's an investment, and investments grow. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life is the question they ask. How by transferring your yard into a food forest can make a difference for you and your loved ones. Uh, and teaching the next generation to understand where food comes from is like really important because most people think it comes from the store, Megan. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Have you? Uh, they're like, why don't you just buy your meat from the grocery store like everybody else? I'm like, that's not where meat comes from. <laughs> All right. So in addition to this, then, this is really plant-based. Is there uh, efforts or involvement to add animals to the mix? Oh, for sure. So we have chickens. We're putting in a duck pond for multiple reasons. You know, you get eggs from ducks, but also ducks play an important role in pest control as well. And yes. so do the chickens. But um, in the future, we may be getting goats as well. Who knows? It's all... All right, so it, it grows on you, ladies and gentlemen. It becomes fun. It becomes interesting. It becomes your passion. It becomes your, uh, and, and as you do that, then you become more and more one with your forest. And pretty soon, when I say, "Am I in the forest?" the answer is, "Yes, you are." <laughs> right? Absolutely. All right. Any parting shots, Megan? Um, food is medicine. Medicine is food. Grow what you love and put your love into it, and what you get is love back. Megan Gilson, everybody. How do people get a hold of you guys? So we can be reached at Rocky Mountain Food Forest at gmail.com. Rocky Mountain Food Forest at gmail.com. Go ahead. And then, or you can reach my mom at 385-420-6072. I love it. All right. Fantastic. We need more of it. Thanks, Megan. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. There she goes. Doing a great job, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. I am live at WeCanAct.net conference. I'm having a fantastic time talking to people like Megan Gilson, uh, talking to people like Wendy Hart, talking to people like Mike Brown, talking to people like John Knox. Yeah. Talking about Stuart Clark and the book he wrote. Talking about Glenn Rhodes. I'm just telling you, there's a great bunch of people doing a fantastic number of awesome things. Let me do the recap of yesterday's show, if I might. Before the end of the hour, we're live from Liberty Conference 2021 in the Salt Palace and Salt Lake City SLC, baby. WeCanAct.net's the website to learn more and get involved and watch the streaming. A major gun control group, Fight for Our Lives, has now announced they will be shutting down. Amen. Great news. Shut down those gun control groups. Would you please? We also talked about this lady. I don't know if you know her name. is Norma McCourty. And she was the AKA Jane Rowe. In Roe versus Wade back in 73. And the child of Jane Roe now, this whole child that didn't die, right? Her name is Shelly Lynn Thornton. And uh, that's kind of Shelly Lynn Thornton. And she's a, a now that I guess mom and daughter are kind of speaking out. Very interesting indeed. We also talked about the global chip shortage is starting to impact consumers, driving up prices of smartphones vehicles, and really all electronics, if you will, as manufacturers struggle to keep up with demand, they say. I don't really understand why you'd struggle to keep up with demand. Only if you shut everything down. Oh, that's a government problem, not a real chip problem. But nevertheless, your government's caused the chip shortage, ladies and gentlemen, is what's really going on. 
We talked about Amazon will begin paying college students tuition. Yeah, they'll pay the college tuition for hundreds, thousands of employees. That's quite interesting as well. We talked about House Democrats outline tax increases. Shame on them. Uh, in hour two of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday, we talked about, uh, or we talked with our guest, Jacob Robertson, executive assistant, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's with the Functional Medical Institute, doing a great job of natural health and healing. We talked about Mark Sherwood, his boss, and his incredible books that he's written, A Quest for Wellness, Surviving the Garden of Eaton, Fork Your Diet, and more. He's also well-known as a podcaster, Sherwood.tv, to learn more about them. We talked to uh, about listening to his Health and Hope podcast, doing a great job, Mark Sherwood, author, podcaster, speaker at the conference, and more. We talked about Greg Ryder, or talked to Greg Ryder, I should say. Ready to sell Marketplace, launchcart.com, and he's one of the co-founders. It's one of the best e-commerce platforms on the internet for patriots, ladies and gentlemen. He started that with Nathan Osmond, doing a great job. We also talked to Matt Durek, People's Rights. If you want to join People's Rights, text the keyword rights to uh what's this thing here eight one two three oh it's eight zero one two three sorry eighty one two three or go to peoplesrights.org to learn more about that wonderful group started by ammon bundy dear friend running for governor i have highly endorsed ammon bundy for it the governor uh ship of idaho and you say sam what do you have to do with idaho you live in utah i know ladies and gentlemen but i have land in idaho and i care who the governor is i'll tell you that right now People's Rights Weekly Meetups we talked about with Matt. we got to have open bike at the meetups. Got to have constitutional education. Got to have the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association involved. So get your sheriff involved is the point. We also talked about we need to create Patriot Business Alliances. Amen to that. Anyway, great, in my opinion. Uh, two hours of radio yesterday still available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net, and I wanted to bring that to your attention. As we wrap up our live coverage at the Week and Act Conference, ladies and gentlemen, we want to teach the next generation how to grow food. It's priceless to do so. But we also have a couple of headlines we got to bring to your attention before the end of the hour. One of them is this. NIH, that's the National Institutes of Health, right? NIH confirms that it funded gain-of-function research. Ladies and gentlemen, that means Anthony Fauci literally perjured himself as he testified before Congress. And now Anthony Fauci, I guess he could spend five years in jail. Well, when you realize not only did he fund gain-of-function research, but he's lied about it and he's done all kinds of other things, you start to say, man, this Fauci criminal uh, needs to be accountable for his actions. Rand Paul and others are really doing their very best to make that happen. I support this. Anthony Fauci is a criminal. He literally lied, said he didn't do gain-of-function research, when indeed he did. Even the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, now admits it. Here's my question, though. When Rand Paul asked him about this months ago, and he lied, 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 and said, no, 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 where was the National Institutes of Health? Why didn't they tell us long ago that Fauci was lying? Why did we have to wait several months for the NIH to double down and tell the truth? And I got an idea, a hunch. We've got so much evidence 
regarding what a criminal Anthony Fauci is to where now they're forced to admit it because of the sheer evidence we've uncovered on this topic. And that's really kind of key to understand and know about this. Shame on Fauci. Shame on Fauci. All right, Joe Biden, whacked out crazy Joe that thinks he's your president. Joe Biden says, quote, I was a senator for 370 years. Now, a lot of people are kind of mocking Joe on this and saying, man, is the guy senile? And I submit to you that I went and listened to the clip of this, and I don't believe that Joe's senile. I believe that they're um, starting to kind of cover up for Joe's mental deficiencies, for Joe's old age mental problems, by intentionally seeding jokes to make him look foolish. Um, When you listen to the clip and watch, Joe came up with that quick, and the audience laughed way too fast. It was canned. It was created. It was intentionally done. So the conservatives would be like, ah, Joe's just a mental case. He can't handle it. He got lost and confused where he is and what he's doing. Now, I'm not defending Joe Biden's mental stability or mental case, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I am telling you it's a mental case, but that's another topic. What I'm saying to you is that I, (laughs) I get that he's got some mental problems, and I think they're serious. Very serious. They're so serious that it's a national security crisis, in my humble opinion. So I'm not backing away from that one bit, ladies and gentlemen, not one bit. However, I don't believe that every time we catch Joe saying something or doing something stupid, that it's really Joe's just inept status. I believe that they're now starting to plant sound bites for us to go off on and look foolish. Where it was just a joke. Yeah, I've been a I've been a talk show host for 370 years, so and so, and I and you're just kind of saying I've been at it forever, and you're just kind of saying. And so they're planting these situations to where when we as credible individuals say, "Hey, Joe Biden's a national security threat because of his mental lapse in judgment, etc., his confusion of where he is and more." Then when we make fun of every one of them and mock him for every one of these statements, we start to lose credibility because fake news spun out there that, hey, uh, Joe made a mistake here. He thought he was a senator for 370 years. He didn't think that for one second. And that was a planned, uh, in my opinion, red herring planted. Let's see if the stupid conservatives run with this one. All you got to do is say you're a senator for a gazillion years. Having a talk show host for a thousand years. Do people really think that I think I've been on the air for a thousand years? Come on now. So, you know, you need to be careful when you watch Joe. They're planting evidence for red herrings to make the conservatives go off and look stupid, complaining about everything under the sun. And what that does is give Joe a cover. Well, that gives the radical liberals a cover for when Joe really is off the base, really is confused of where he is, really does have mental judgment and mental lapses of serious epic concern in America today as the commander-in-chief, then they can kind of cover those up and say, yeah, you guys are the ones that mocked him for joking about being a senator for 370 years. You don't have any credibility either. You guys just hate Joe, don't you? And so they're going to use this, in my opinion, to debunk conservatives whenever we do have a legitimate concern about a national security crisis or the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, the leader of the free world, having true, real, serious mental lapses that matter. And if they put enough of those out there that kind of mock you and go back and forth and and make you question and make you confused, then they win. So you can't take the bait on every one of these people or you're going to look stupid. Trust me now. Listen to me carefully. You cannot jump on every joke.